Ayers on the Road, value-based parenting and life balance ideas from world-traveling family coaches. Here's Richard and Linda Ayer. And we're back with Ayers on the Road. And man, we have been in the sky and on the road. Lately. We're on little little teeny winding roads. I love the roads on Maui, don't you? They're just, <laughs> I wish I had a Porsche though to drive on them because they're so windy in the you know what we love about the roads in Maui? They're they're so the paint is so good. That sounds funny, but when there's really bright white lines on each side of the road and bright divided lines, and the paint is brand new, man, you can sure see better at night. Well, you can, <laughs> but they're not always like that. But anyway, I guess you guessed by now that we are in Maui. We try to come here every year. We have the cutest little spot here that our son. Uh, renovated. It was called a shack when we started, and it was an absolute monster to to overdo. Like they called it monster house. <laughs> we call it monster house because it was such a monster to fix, but it's turned into the cutest, most cozy, most beautiful spot. Now, before you all get thinking, oh boy, here's the Ayers with their privileged life living on Maui for two months every winter. Let us hasten to say we we we're <laughs> we're. We're here to do some work. We're here to get some writing done that we just cannot seem to get done when we're at home with everyone, all the busyness and so on. And we're also here for our grandkids who we have to see every once in a while. And so. you're also here for tennis. Well, yeah, but I'm it's also not here but for I, walking. But I want to make sure nobody <laughs> thinks this is just a privileged party of some kind. In fact, sometimes I worry about that. I mean, I sometimes worry about a listener who tunes into ours on the road every day and says, oh, boy. Those Ayers, they just have no problems. They're just floating along through life. And that is so untrue. We, yeah, believe we, we, us. we wake up every morning thinking about which of our kids which one we're worried about. is yeah. in trouble and which one of our grandkids needs this or that. And there's that's what life is, folks. That's what we signed up for. And sometimes you just got to grin and bear it, you know? Yeah, you do. It's true. But it's part of, I mean, we signed up for this, so we're ready, ready to take it on. Well, I'm lucky to be married to you, honey, because you're always, this Linda could have been a pioneer, I'm telling you. (laughs) She can get through anything with optimism. And and how many times, How what percentage of days do I just say I'm feeling depressed or whatever, and you kind of have to cheer me up? (laughs) (laughs) Not very many days, that's true. I just knock you on the head and say, come on, get up, yeah. let's go. Yeah, buck up. That's what your mom used to say to you, right? Buck up, yeah. But we realize we're not making fun of depression no, because no. we realize it's so many are depressed thing. out there. You guys, we can't believe that we are in another huge surge of pan- this pandemic um, Although, as we record. In case you haven't heard the optimism here, what I think is that uh, and this is based on a few things I've read that I really like. You know how when you read things and if you like them, you kind of believe them? Well, That's one of the problems. Them. Yeah. And I, you know, according to some sources, all pandemics end the same way. They become more and more and more contagious and less and less and less serious until they just become an endemic. And you just live with them like the flu or like other things, but they're not. So life-threatening or whatever. And I I think that's what's happening with Omicron. I think we're not gonna we're not gonna contain Omicron. It's just too contagious. We should do all we can, and we certainly do. We 
mask up and we social distance. We try to do everything and we're triple vaccinated and blah, blah, blah. And that's all good. There is a lot of protection in that. But for what it's worth, just remember optimism from Richard today. The Omicron is going to end this thing or turn it into an endemic. Okay, well, we'll check up. Check that with Dr. Fauci and see what he says. Doctor, let's call Dr. Fauci. Huh. Anyway, Frankly we enough, all... Linda, play, Linda plays in a string quartet, and the cellist was a classmate of Anthony Fauci at the Harvard Medical School. Right, that's right. He tells us stories. And his them. name's Tony, too. Yeah. He says, I, mean, I was the dumb Tony. <laughs> well, anyway, enough about that. Um, but we are here. Um, you may hear... Uh, Little some beeping and some roosters, roosters, lots of roosters around. Those of your long-term listeners remember last January and February, we got a lot of roosters on the show. <laughs> yeah, and we're next to a construction site too, but we're doing the best we can. And we want to thank our our producer, Joshua Cloward, who does such a great job of getting us on Josh BYU Radio every week. Yeah, we appreciate it. He's Josh. flexible and helps us out so much. Thank you, Josh. We appreciate you. So Today, we're going to get back into the three-letter lessons. We're trying to do a couple of things with on a fairly regular basis on ours on the road nowadays. And from the feedback we've had, people really like this. One of the things is we do a thankful thing every, the first week of every month where we approach our gratitude journals in a little different way. And for January, we're trying to record one thing each day that we see through our senses or that we perceive something we noticed we haven't noticed before. And that's the thankful challenge. And then also, as more of you know, we're doing, we're trying to do at least one show a week, a month uh, on grandparenting because we, we have reason to believe that a lot of our listeners, uh, we don't know the percentage. We have a lot of young parents listening, a lot of single people and and uh, but we also have some grandparents quite a few grandparents and we are really into grandparenting so we're trying to work that in at least one week a month we may even end up doing a podcast a separate one on grandparenting called grandparenting 101 i think that'll appeal to a lot of you let us know if that's a big thing you'd be interested in but then the third thing and we're going to do it today is these three-letter lessons, we've, we've been working on a book, whether we'll ever publish it, we don't know, but how how interesting it is that little three-letter words, certain favorite little three-letter words, um, really contain a big lesson and can become symbolic of a whole paradigm shift or a whole thing. And we we did one on I, E-Y-E, and how the I is the window to the soul, and the I is the way to really see people and look into their eyes and on and on. And then we did one um, on the key, K-E-Y, how Christ is the key to everything, to everything important in this world. And today, we're going to do um, another three-letter word. We mentioned it. We kind of introduced it last week, didn't we, Linda? Yeah, because it's your word for oh, the year. Oh, my word for the year, yeah. Linda's word for the year is? Pay attention. Two words. That's two words. Two words. <laughs> but you cheated a little. Yeah. And you're doing great on that. And I'm trying to do slow, but I spell it S-L-O. It's a three-letter lesson. And we're going to talk about, you know, we live in a fast world, honey. We live in a world w- w- that rewards speed and hurrying and getting a lot done and checking off the boxes. And 
And franticness is sometimes the result and fatigue and frustration. Hey, that's an interesting alliteration. Fast, fatigue, frustration. You know, I mean, the F, the F words. Oh, those those the, are the yeah, bad F words. always good to have yeah. an alliteration. Yeah. Um, so, so we're going to do that, right? Right. Even though I'm really, really sad about this. Because She's worried that I'm too already slow. already so slow. <laughs> I mean, it takes you five minutes to get out of the car. You can play a tennis match and get across that net in blank point five <laughs> seconds. But it takes you five minutes to get out of the car. What do you do all that time? Well, I sometimes am out of the car waiting for you and you're just fussing around in there. <laughs> anyway. <laughs> Um, slow, I'm going to be interested to hear what you have to say about that because I need to go slower. It's true. We always well, talk about the speed of going slow. We talked about that a little last time, which is, um, which is true. You know, if you slow yourself down, you actually get more done when you, because you have time to think. But I think also on the other side of that, there is a slow in going fast because you mess things up when you go fast. You, you know, yeah, you get, get frantic. You, you and- get, yeah. You can't think as well. And, and, you know, there's scriptural basis for this. I, I love, as some of you listeners know, I love, we both do, but I love it so much. I memorized the entire book of James in the Bible at one point and uh, it took me a long time. I'm not a great memorizer, but, I just love the book of James, and there is this wonderful verse in the first chapter of James that that kind of serves as an entree to this three-letter lesson of slow. Which verse? In verse 19, James says, Wherefore, my beloved brethren, let every man be swift to hear, slow to speak, slow to wrath. Oh, that's a good one. So clearly, we, there are things we should be slow to, but we're we're trying to get into this on a more cosmic basis on the idea that that if we just slow down a little and give ourselves time to observe and to really notice things and to perceive what other people are saying and thinking, to listen, to be a little more um, attentive, a little more empathetic slow is the thing. And and it also helps your blood pressure, by the way. Yes, I guess so. You know, when you, <laughs> when you, when you just, and sometimes honey, just physically slowing a little, like walking a little slower and looking around, seeing where you are, taking a couple of deep breaths, calming yourself a little, you become more observant, more clear eyed, more aware and guess what? I mean, you mentioned it, the speed of going slow. I swear, I don't understand how it happens. But when you do that and you take that deep breath and you relax, the lights are green instead of red. You actually get places faster. Things open up. You see a shortcut. You, you notice things. And by the way, one more scriptural uh, backup for this. A friend of mine told me, and I need to check this, but I'm pretty sure he's right. He usually is. He said, the only place in the Bible that the word hurry or haste is used is with regard to the adversary, to the devil, who who hurries to and fro on the earth. He hurries to and fro on the earth, you know. I know. I just think calmness is great. But what do, you, what do you think about it? Well, I, I think I'm, you have a gift for getting those lights to turn green. I, I 
<laughs> and but it is usually when I am in such a hurry yeah, that, that every single light is red, and you think I thought these lights were timed. They weren't. I was frantic to get home to you last week because you had to leave for a tennis match, and I was late. And I'm telling you, every single light was red for five minutes. It always happens when you're in a rush. It always happens. And it's there is something about the speed of going slow. And you do it too. I I can I can notice better than you because I'm I'm observing you from the outside. But when you're calm and you're just feeling peaceful, and maybe you've just had a prayer, or you've meditated. Linda's a great meditator, and yoga puts you in that mood. And I can just feel when you're in that slow SLO mode and things are just falling into place for you. Well, I don't know about that. I'm not a great meditator. You're well, the yoga, the things but I do, do. I do love that. And our, our girls all love that. Um, just time to really think and so on. It is really hard for me to go slow though. I mean, I was raised by a mother who never stopped. Yeah, she never like, went slow. Hazel, oh my gosh. <laughs> She had the speed of zipping. Um, but but my dad, on the other on the other hand, was the most laid back person I'd ever known. And so kind. When I was a kid, I'd walk in the living room and stand in front of the TV. I didn't realize I was in front of him. You know, he'd be laying on the couch. Oh, yeah. <laughs> and instead of saying, get out of my way, or I don't you realize you're standing? He'd say, Linda, you make a better door than a window. Um <laughs> He just had a great wit, and he was so slow and methodical about everything. You know, I've never thought about that, but your parents really were opposites in many ways. But that's an interesting way to look at it, is that he was very calm and peaceful in his demeanor. She was frantic, but in a good way. I mean, she got more done in a day. I mean, she she ran this little town of Montpelier. She was a teacher for 80 years, <laughs> 80, but a lot of years, but we're going to get into this in the second half and how, how this three letter lesson of slow SLO. Now you may be out there saying, come on, I've got three little kids at home. You telling me to go slow, give me a break. But you know, that's an actual thing. It's contagious. And you know, this as a parent, if you think about it, when you're calm and peaceful, your kids pick it up. When you're frantic, they pick it up oh, and it absolutely. escalates. Absolutely. So, so we're going to take a little break here, but we got some really interesting suggestions for you in the second half. So hang with us and we'll be back in just a minute. Welcome back to Ayers on the Road. Here's Richard and Linda Iyer. And we're back today talking about slow. <laughs> if you haven't heard the first half, go back because you won't be able to get it. But Go um, slowly back. Go slowly back <laughs> to the first. Um, I'm sure you didn't start in the middle of the podcast. And we want to say, before we forget how much we appreciate you listeners, every once in a while we run on to somebody that says, we are listening every week and, and we do appreciate that. We do love it. We wish it was a two-way thing. We wish it was a Zoom call every week and we could get your questions and your thoughts and your answers that we don't have because boy we learn a lot from people when we're out speaking and they'll come up and say well you that was a good but here's another idea and we love when that happens but when we finished linda we were talking about how 
this slowing down just enough to get your blood pressure a little lower and to kind of be more aware and more observant has a lot to do with breathing, deep breaths. They say, you know, five and a half seconds in, five and a half seconds out. That is really slow breathing, but it does, it does change your whole body chemistry. And if you don't have time for a lot of it, take two deep breaths and then go a little slower see if you can notice things a little more. And we were talking about how that really is contagious to kids. Every once in a while, you'll run into a family that, that and I, I know I know it's more than this. I mean, kids are different, right? Some kids are just naturally fairly calm and others are just naturally totally crazy. And, and you know, we think that comes from a pre-mortal life. We don't think there's much you can do about that. Just make the best of it. But sometimes you run into a family where, there just seems to be kind of a peaceful demeanor and, and communications happening and kids are, are sort of, and you say, wow, how do they do that? Why is it such chaos at my And sometimes it's just that parent has developed. And I think it's something you develop. I think very few people are born with it. You develop a kind of a peaceful, slow SLO demeanor. Your thoughts actually speed up. But your brain is clear and you're and the kids are pick that up and they they become calmer when you're calm. You don't have to look for other families. You know that in your own family. When you're calm for whatever reason, maybe you've just had a great prayer, or maybe you've just got some good news, or maybe the day's gone well and you're just feeling happy and calm, your kids pick that up. Well, I think that we have a daughter or two that would disagree with that. <laughs> yeah, well, yeah, that's You know, true. just they having got, this great moment of, of meditation for the morning and then kids just come in just blasting. Yeah, yeah, they just kill. Because they're worried about something. And, you know, I think what you said before is even more correct than we realize that they, these kids come who they are. Yeah, um, I think that's true. They are amazing. And um, we have one family whose kids are just, they adore each other, but they're at each other's throats that's all the true. time. That's true. We and have so these exhausting. case study families. And some are calmer than others. Yeah, but I do. I have Part in of my, it has to do with the parent. It does. I have in mind a parent that I have always admired and always tried to be more like. Catherine Colton. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. my goodness. She's, She's such person. a calm voice. And um, there's another Catherine that I'm thinking of, too. I mean, you you do see somebody and just their demeanor is just calm. You yeah. just feel calm. You're, you're, tra- you're yeah. attracted to that because part of their calmness is they're really aware of you. They're really listening to you. They're really seeing you. Well, and you just finished a book not too long ago called Is It Breathe or Breath? Oh, I just finished reading a book called Breath. Breath. The whole book is about breath. Breathing, yeah. And how much that can calm you when you when you need it. And how exactly how to calm yourself. It really is pretty interesting. But I think here's the thing I'm thinking that you're you're making me understand this better, honey. It's if you just say I'm gonna be calm, which a lot of people do, is like (laughs) no, I'm not. I mean it your your self fights against you and you can't just sort of will yourself to be calm. What you can do, though, is slow down a little. You can walk a little slower just for a minute till you start feeling a little calmer. You can breathe. You can sort of take a minute, look around and see what's going on around you. Pay attention. Pay attention. It really does tie into your 
your motto a lot because when do you lose things? When do you sort of, it's, it's when you're going too fast, you know, when you're paying attention and you're going a little slower, it ends up being the speed of going slow. You get more done. You waste less time. You just, you don't spin your wheels. That's a good metaphor. How fast is a car going to go when its wheels are spinning, you know? Slow it down and then go slow. Drive out of that ice and snow in a measured way. Yeah, it does really help to slow your mind down. I, I, one of my favorite poems is by Mary Oliver. It's only three short sentences. Oh, yeah. And I love it. And because that's one reason I'm doing pay attention this, this year, but, and I can do all the words, but these are so fascinating. The, the first sentence is pay attention. The second one is be astonished at what you I see. I like that. Be astonished at what you see. She's talking a lot about nature, I think, but even paying attention to children and then being astonished at yeah. what you see, sometimes yeah. for bad, sometimes for good, right. but to be astonished. And then the third sentence is tell about it. Tell about it. That's tell interesting. Because if you don't, you're, you haven't you fully... Yeah, And you can tell by writing about it. In fact, our daughter who does a, a blog called 71toes.com, some of you may be familiar with, just did uh, one last year, I mean, last week, and it was about reviewing the year. And I, it was so interesting because she reviewed all these beautiful things that had happened in the year. She said, it seems like we're in the middle of this pandemic again. And I, But then I went back and I thought of all the things that had happened during the year, and I was just astonished. Yeah, And then she has it recorded in her blog. So she's telling about it, which is exactly what you need to do. to, right. And it, it calms yourself to think back through the things that have happened during the year and be astonished. By and it. another way is, to, that's really good. And another way is to sort of elevate your thought above. Look, try to see yourself from above. Try to see God's perspective for a minute and kind of just change your paradigm. It's not as crazy as I think it is. All's right with the world. God knows. God's there. I'm here. Whatever you can do to get that calm, that slow, S-L-O, join us in that word. That's a great three-letter lesson. And I, I'm going to tie it into what we've been doing on the thankful thing this month in January, trying to notice one new thing or see something in a new way every day. And I'm trying to do mine in the form of little little poems each day, just little poems, not not anything I've spent a lot of time on, but let me read you the ones for the last two days. Just kind of not that I'm great at this or anything, but just to give you the feeling of how you try to see something new each day. Actually, you are pretty great at this. No, I have I'm to not. say, this is a poet. No, you were born no, a poet. No. I want to be a poet, but I'm a long way from it. And by the way, my my aunt May Swenson, my mother's sister, is a poet, and she taught me as a little boy that poetry is all about seeing. You just need to see things in a different way. Yeah. And she's right. But anyway, here's the one from uh, January 5th, the day we flew over. It's called Day Change. Woke to blizzard. Whiteout. Thin, sparkling air. Park City. Spent the morning shoveling, plowing. Two feet of stark, bright beauty. Exhausted. We drove to the airport. Seven hours later, we flew into a Pacific sunset, landing on Maui, lush, green, 
verdant, thick air, brilliant fingernail moon by Venus and slept to soft wafting breeze. That's really a big nice. change. It's a big change really in nice. one day, huh? That is a big change. We should be thankful we can go so far and do so much in this in this world. Let me read you the one from uh, yesterday. We're recording this on the 7th of January. I don't know when you'll listen to it, but this was the one for yesterday. It's called Comparison. On a run looking for fallen avocados. Nope. So turned my attention to inner thought, stopped for guardrail push-ups, and there in the grass, directly beneath my nose, a perfect avocado. Ever think how much happiness is like an avocado? <laughs> it just occurred to me. That's I mean, I, I was looking for those avocados, could not find them, couldn't find any. And then I gave up and just decided to think about other things. And and I'm doing, I when I say guardrail, right I'm too you. weak to do a push-up on the ground now. But I, these road guardrails are about a foot off the ground or a foot and a half, and they're perfect. I can put my hands on that, do a push-up. So I'm doing these push-ups, and my nose is going up and down. And I'm all of a sudden, boom, there's this avocado. It's like three inches from my nose, and it's perfect. I brought it home, and boy, did we have some good guacamole. But do you see the point of the poem that uh, sometimes happiness is that way? You're looking, I want to be happier. I'm looking for happiness. How do I find it? What do I do? How do I get more stuff or do whatever it is that'll make me more happy? And we, we just don't find it. And then you just quit worrying about it, and you start thinking about service or about your family or about doing the best you can. And and suddenly you're, you're happy. Well, or thinking about what's just happened in the last year that was yeah. amazing, like Shani did on this blog. I mean, it was amazing because she, uh, we're all so concerned about this pandemic right now, but as she went back through all the things, and they have had so many fabulous Such things a we great all year. have had. Yeah. I mean, I know a lot of us have had really hard times too. We have a son in New York City right now who just called and said, I have COVID yesterday and he's supposed oh, to be conducting nice. his yearly meeting out in Utah this week. And, and it's going through the family. He got it from a son who just gotten a vaccination. And honestly, it is crazy. But really, if you look back past the moment right now, if you're having a hard time at all the good things that have happened, it really raises your soul and helps you to slow down and enjoy it. That SLO, I mean, hopefully you're getting the idea that this is just a symbol, SLO. It's this three-letter lessons. That that's little word is a symbol for a lot of things that we think are a great lesson that can kind of be pegged by that. And one of the parts of it is just what you said, honey, perspective and awareness. We've said on this show before that the thing, the thing that, 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 that to us, the striking difference between God and man is those two things, awareness and perspective. God's aware of everything. Right. And, we, and, and he has complete perspective. We have this narrow slice of life that we see, and we're always in a hurry, and we're worried about little things. And if we can rise above that and see the bigger picture, the big perspective, and if we can be aware of the little things around us that are beautiful and that are 
life-giving and life-nourishing, then we can get into this slow. And again, think of it as in a bigger way. It doesn't mean slow thinking. It doesn't mean, you know, dragging your feet. It doesn't mean not being proactive and getting things done. It just means doing it all in a more aware and more conscious and more perspective-filled way. May I just add, it just helps to pay attention. Yes, your word, honey. <laughs> to be astonished and to tell about it. It really does make a difference in how you are, how you feel about your life in general. And um, it, it's a way to go a little bit slower and think back. So here's the thing. We, we appreciate <clears throat> you listeners, especially when we run into people who say, I listen every week. And the nice thing about a podcast is that you don't have to listen to it on time. You can get to it whenever you can. And we, so you'll know, we're going to be here on Maui for 50 days. We figured it out the other day, seven weeks. And, and we're going to, so we'll, that means we'll do the podcast from here the next, this time and the next six times. And we're going to really focus in on these three other lessons and on this wonderful idea of gratitude in a new way each month. And we're going to throw in a lot of grandparenting stuff. And, and that's not just for grandparents, because if you're a parent, you need to be thinking a lot about your parents and how involved they are with your kids. So we're kind of looking forward to it, honey. We are. And thank you for joining us today. We hope you get, we gave you something to think about and did us as well. Thanks for joining and we'll see you next time on Ayers on the Road. Bye-bye.